This is the World Industrial News for Friday, August 5th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part four of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. It's going to know when to use the power. It's going to know how to use the power on individual reasons. And a lot of that is what we know technically. What we didn't know technically that was addressed by this bill is how to pay for it. Because this is a lot of money to put into basically better living. The parallel to this is probably the interstate highway system. No state or city could have afforded a highway system that was so consistent across the U.S., which then furthered the idea of interstate transport and goods traveling by truck everywhere. We're going to see the same effect on the new digital grid. It's going to understand where to allocate the power, and it's going to have the projects in place to do these basically all at once. Because if you don't, it doesn't make that much difference. Well, perfect. You just you just perfectly teed up my my next question. Mona, you said you're going to get into it. Can you break down this bill for us? How do we follow the funds? What, what how do you see this progressing? Absolutely. And it, so so first off, um, Pat mentioned electrification and, and the fleet. Um, this bill has 65 billion for power and grid, as I mentioned, but there's additional 54 billion for water and wastewater infrastructure. 17 billion for ports and waterways, 7 billion set aside for resiliency, 64 billion for broadband, 16 billion for Amtrak, and the list just goes on. There's there's 39 billion for public transit. Airports are receiving 25 billion dollars. And then last but not least, the first electric vehicle charging federal spend in our history, 7.5 billion dollars for EVs and then another 7.5 billion for buses. So I just, okay, I just need to take a sip of water after that because that's a lot of money that is going from the federal government to the states. And so the electric sector is going to play a really prominent role in making sure, especially absorbing and helping bring about this electrification that the Biden administration has supported and wanted for so long. And in addition to, you know, these different pots of money that are at play specifically for the power and grid sector, the U.S. Department of Energy is launching a better, building a better grid initiative. The building a better grid initiative is an effort to encourage the modernization of the nation's existing electric transmission grid. And so there is a focus, you know, around the need for more transition, more grid resiliency in order to achieve the goals of the, of the overall bill. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. TransAlta Renewables, a subsidiary of TransAlta Corporation, is chalking up stronger revenues and higher output following the addition of two major facilities and optimism around projects in the development across the U.S. and Canada. Industrial Info is tracking more than $3.6 billion worth of active projects from TransAlta, nearly all of which are for wind, solar, or hydropower generation projects. 
At least three U.S. refiners included updates on their renewable diesel projects in their second quarter earnings reports. The latest of these was Marathon Petroleum Corporation, which delivered its earnings results on Tuesday. The company gave a progress report on its $1.2 billion Martinez Refinery Renewable Fuels Project, which is going on in the East Bay region of the San Francisco Bay Area of California. The conversion project will breathe new life in the 161,000 barrel per day refinery, which was closed in April of 2020 following COVID-induced demand for refined products. Duke Energy Corporation is on track to achieve what Chief Executive Officer Lynn Good referred to as the industry's largest clean energy transition in a Thursday conference call with analysts. Duke is executing its plan by closing coal-fired power plants, building out renewables and energy storage, and renewing its nuclear operating licenses. On May 16th, Duke filed its carbon plan with the North Carolina Utilities Commission, which includes four portfolios to meet 70% interim carbon reduction targets by 2030 with an aim toward net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And major Japanese pharmaceutical companies are producing active pharmaceutical ingredients and or performing fill and finish services at plants that produce COVID-19 vaccines. Projects range from grassroots developments at contract manufacturing organization plants to expansions at a variety of existing plants. Industrial Info is tracking six capital spending projects across Japan related to the COVID-19 pandemic, totaling more than $290 million in investment value. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.